All right, guys, so turn your Bibles to chapter 13 in the book of John. Chapter 13 in the book of John. You know, some churches, you know, you go, you go to church and they'll tell you, you know, things so you can come back, right? Other churches, they want to get you information and do fellowship, which is all good. But here in Austin Chapel, for us, right, we want people to see transform and so they can know God's love and God's desire for their, for their walk. And also, we, we want to be outreach-minded. You know, we want to have a desire for us to go out into the community and transform the community in Jesus' name to just serving and being out there, being an impact to the community, right? So being a Christian, you know, being a Christian is just living for Christ. It's being obedient, right, what God calls you to do. It's about self-denial about self-denial. And so that's what we're here today. Talk about what, what God's doing in our, in our lives and what we want God to do through us, through Austin Chapel and our community. You know? I'm getting a little hot, so I'm going to take this off. How are we going to get started? Man, the spirit are already moving. It's not that, actually. It's the Tino's yesterday. I had Tino's. Mess me up. Mess me up. I'm not going to Tino's no more. You know, I, I have observed throughout my life, as I look back, and now, that it seems <clears throat> that whenever people get involved into something, it was either either is a job, sports, school, house shopping, right? People seem to be in competition. People seem to be in competition, right? Whatever we do, we want to be the biggest athlete. We want to be, we want to be the biggest house. You know, we want to have the, the biggest muscles. We have, a, we, we have the, the nicest car, the prettiest girlfriend, right? It seems like every time, you know, you, you go somewhere, for instance, about my son just turned uh, nine and took him to, um, to uh, Austin Park, like uh, pizza thing, right? And my son was in line. It was crazy. And he was going to the golf carts. And it's, it's about seven golf carts. And there was only like three kids, right? My, my son was talking to me, and all of a sudden he turned, and this kid just like cut in front of him, right, just to get in. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. He's only like two feet. But that's crazy, right? That's crazy. Because we want to, and I realized that the ruling principle on this earth is we want to win. We want to have power. We want to win. We, we want to be the best, right? If somebody gets a nice car, man, I want to get a bigger car. Can I get that man what I'm talking about? Amen? Right? If you, people just want to win. Right? And that's, so the ruling principle on this earth is to have power to win. To be the best. But in heaven, in the kingdom of heaven, it's quite the opposite. It's quite the opposite. Right? In, in, in heaven, everything's peace is cool. Everything is place. So if you want to be great in God's kingdom, you got to be a servant. You got to be a servant. Right? And it's quite the opposite. Sometimes we come to church and, and, and we get we get kind of confused, a little bit conflicted because we want to be like, hey, bless me, Lord. Bless me so I can win my battle. But God's not really into your battle. That's not what God's all about. It's about to win his battle. Matter of fact, there's a story in the, in, in the Bible when Joshua, a little quick, Joshua is leading the, the Israelites to the promised land. And the, and, the command, and the commander of the Lord's army appears to Joshua. And, said, and then Joshua looks at him and says, 
are you with us or are you against us? And the commander of the Lord army looks at, looks at Joshua and says, neither. This is my battle. So when we come to church, sometimes we say, Lord, Lord, bless me, because we're so accustomed to be blessed on this earth. But God, what God wants to do, it wants to transform us so we can win his battle. So if you want to be the greatest in the kingdom of God, you be a servant. Opposite. You live in this world, so you got to be the best. Have the best things. That's not what it's all about. Truly, I believe this is how God works. First, there's three stages to our walk. Right? First, you get saved. First thing you do, you believe in Jesus Christ, Christ comes to your life, life transforming happens in your life, boom, you get saved. Secondly, you get discipled. That's what for us is huge. We talk about CJ groups all the time, getting a fellowship, you know, being a disciple, read your Bible, you know, you fellowship with one another because you want to get discipled, you want to grow. And thirdly, once you get saved, once you get discipled, you get in community, man, we want you to serve. And that's exactly what we're going to talk about today. Today, the story we're going to talk about is about serving. I believe, I believe that you will not grow as much as you, sh- you should until you incorporate serving in your walk. And that means not thinking about yourself all the time, denying yourself, thinking about someone else. That's what serving is all about. In my family, we have two models. All right? One is joy, right? Jesus, others, than yourself. Second one is being right in Jesus Christ. That's how we roll, right? That's our model. We live on those two models. We try to encourage my kids to serve, to think about other folks, and to eat a lot of beans and rice and serve Jesus Christ. I mean, that's what we do, you know? Because it's, it's, it, is, it, is, it is important for us to understand that the Christian, Christian life it's about self-denial. It's about self-denial. So today we're going to look at a story about a loving servant. And what does it look like to be a servant? Because oftentimes, guys, believe it or not, when we talk about serving, talk about being servant, and talk about tithing, man, sometimes those two can correlate. People go, oh, here we go. They want me to stack chairs. Here we go. They want me to give money. That's not all about what we want to do. We want to encourage you guys to walk in the fullness of God. Whatever that looks like in your life. As you can see, I like to walk back and forth. You know? So what I want to do today is want to be ambassadors, right? The Java ambassador is they represent somebody in a different country usually, and they're representing that individual from another country. We want to be ambassadors for Christ. As you guys go out. Because Christian living is not just on Sundays, from ten thirty to twelve. Christian living should be every day, every day, all day. Our lives should reflect Christian living every day, serving. You know, <clears throat> Pastor Stephen Pryor can testify every time you're going to preach about something and you ask the Lord, Lord, man, show me what does it look like to serve or what does it look like to whatever I'm preaching about. Yesterday, last night, my, do- my, do- my, do- my, my son has a dog. I said that, but I bought it, so it's mine. My wife says, your dog. That dude, man, yesterday he puked, but it was like disgusting. Like I've never seen so much food coming to somebody. 
And then right by the kitchen, I mean, I cleaned it. So we went to my house, we bleached it the whole nine. And it was disgusting. And I was studying about serving. And I was mad. I was like, oh, man, this dog, I hate this dog. So I couldn't say like, yo, man, to my kids, pick it up. So I realized, let me clean it up. Because, you know, that's what I'm trying to teach on. Now, the funniest thing is, my daughter laughing, I'm cleaning it up. So we took everything out, I bleached it, and then I stepped on it. And I really like, I did a split. <laughs> Imagine a big you try to do a split. And I landed, like my back landed on it. And my daughter just like, she knows I was frustrated. She wanted to laugh. But man, so I got up and I was like, man, I think I broke my knee. But the Lord was showing me. So I went upstairs, took a shower and frustrated. Like, I hate this dog. But I was like, yeah, baby, you got to like serve. Even when it comes to like your dog puking. Like, man, who pukes that much, Lord? I said. It was bad, dude. It was bad. It was disgusting. So, with that said, that's what God calls us to do, to step out of our comfort zone and to serve. So let's get into the word. Uh, I'll read John chapter 13. Here we go. Now, before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew his hour had come and that he should depart from this world, the Father, he loved him to his own. Love him to the end. And something being ended, the devil having entered into the heart of Judas Iscariot, uh, Simon, Simon's son, to betray him. Jesus, knowing that the Father had given him to the, into his hands, and he had come from God and was going to God, rose from supper and laid aside his garment, took a towel and girded himself. After that, he poured water into the basin and began washing the disciples' feet. To wipe them with a towel, which he began to, where he was uh, girded. Then he came to Simon Peter, and Peter said, "Lord, are you washing my feet?" Jesus answered to him, "What I'm doing right now, you don't understand, but you you will after this." Peter said to <clears throat> Peter said to him, "You will never wash my feet." Jesus answered, "If I do not wash your feet, you have no part of me." Then Peter said. Lord, not only my feet, but my hands, my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, he who bathes needs only to bathe his feet, but he's completely clean, but not all of you. For he knew that he would betray them. Not all you guys are clean. So when he had washed his feet, taking his garment, he sat down, he said to, to them, do you know what I've done to you? So well, you call me teacher and Lord. So for I am. For if if then I'm your Lord and teacher, I wash your feet, you shall have to wash each other's feet. For giving you an example that you should do to one another. Most most assuredly I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, or he who is greater than who he sent he, he sent them. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. Around Jesus' time People didn't have any shoes. They have no Nikes or no Jordans, right? They have a, they have some Air, Air Jesus, Air Js. So people had like they have their, um, they walk around with sandals, right? It wasn't even a real sandal. It was it was like a leather on the bottom of their foot, straps around them. So when people would walk around around the town, the town was dusty. Was a lot of was a lot of dust, two three inches of dust, and if it was raining, they were muddy. 
right? So people walk around with muddy feet all the time. So when somebody would go to somebody's house, they have to do this. They have to, they, they'll get a servant or a slave to do a washing feet ceremony before entering the house. So here's Jesus in the Last Supper, right? They didn't have any servants or slaves. And none of the disciples thought to themselves that we should do this. So what did they do? Everybody's feet was dirty. Jesus said to himself, I'm going to do what exactly what the servants usually do. I'm going to get on my feet and I'm going to wash your funky feet right now. You know? I'm going to wash your funky feet. Jesus, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do exactly, I'm gonna do exactly what the, what usually what the sermons do. I'm gonna, I'm gonna wash the nasty part of your feet right now. Not after you're taking a shower, right? They're all nice and, nice and, nice and clean. No, after you be walking around all day, muddy, dirty, I'm gonna wash this. What's your funky feet? What he was saying is that I'm gonna serve you and bless you right now. That's what Jesus was doing. I'm going to serve you and bless you. So I have four points of what a loving servant look like. Jesus is giving a great example. For one, first point that we want to make. Ministry begins, ministry begins serving the closest to you, those closest to you. Ministry begins serving those close to you. Question is how you serve your family, your friends, your neighbors, your coworkers, your church. Oftentimes, serving those who are close to you is not the most glamorous thing ever. And probably most of us can testify on this, right? It is essential that we must begin as we serve other people, the ministry. It is essential. But serving those close to you oftentimes is harder because, man, they know your imperfections. They know your faults, your ups and downs. They know the way you really react, you know, they, they, they know the way exactly you say certain things. So oftentimes, serving those close to you can be the hardest thing. Because, man, they're on you. Oftentimes, man, there's no gratitude, no thankfulness. And sometimes they can be more demanding than other people and plain abusive. I know we can testify. Can you get an amen? You know, when I just got saved... My mom wasn't walking with the Lord. And every time she wanted some, she will make some, some scripture up that says that I have to help her. She absolutely said, like, this is what the Bible says. And I'm like, Mom, sorry, but you tripping. That's not what the Bible says. So it was easier for me to be like, go out church and like bless everybody else. Because they didn't know how it was. At, at least, you know, some people acted how it was. Because oftentimes serving outside, outside the closest, you know, your influence, sometimes can feel, can feel a little more rewarding. So Jesus is calling us here. Two things that he's doing, calling us to say. One is, man, you really got to serve those closest to you. Is that your church, your family, your influence, your coworkers? If your coworkers don't know you're Christian, man, you got to check yourself before you wreck yourself. If you like go to church and you happen to see somebody at church to win your work and they go, oh, smack, you Christian? Man, you better check yourself before you make yourself. You got to look at yourself, how you be in a reflection of Jesus. Jesus called us to be a reflection of his everywhere we go. Everywhere we go. 
And Jesus did hear one thing. He said, I'm going to watch your feet. And also, oftentimes, when God called us to ministry, he called us to get out of our comfort zone. And this time, when Jesus was eating, when people were eating back in the days, they would kind of lay against one another to eat. They were like in a chill position like this. And they would eat. He's, the Bible said that he got up, took his stuff off, and got to work. Oftentimes, God will call us out to minister, to serve others in the most uncomfortable places. God wants you to get you out of, get you out of your comfort zone. Serving others is the best thing. Think about an ex- a spouse, a family member, a co-worker, a neighbor, someone you don't have a good relationship with. What would it do internally if you wash their feet? Hmm, think about that. Someone you don't have a good relationship with, if you wash the feet. Forget about what would that do to your relationship. Just the fact that you're going to do that. We'd be more like, more like Jesus. We're more like Jesus. Jesus washed Judah's feet knowing that he betrayed him. And back in those days, it wasn't like, here's a hose. No, no, man, I got to get between your toes. I'm going to wash him. I'm going to massage him. I mean, it wasn't like, here we go. I mean, he was like loving them. Like, man, do it again. Give me that pinky toe. I mean, it was like that. He was getting in there. So the, 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 the fact or the matter is that Jesus was loving them, knowing that, knowing that Judah is going to betray them. He said, I'm going to wash your feet. I'm going to serve you. Think about it. Like, if you knew somebody's going to do you wrong, will you bless them? Will you go out there and say, I'm going to reach out to this individual, to this specific um, uh, uh, ethnic group, or this specific, you know, you, you fill in the blank, knowing that they're going to reject you, knowing they're going to abuse you, but yeah, God called us to do that. Man, Jesus did it. Mm-hmm-hmm. Jesus did it. You know, <clears throat> some people, now you guys think, the closer you get to God, the more things you deserve. But it's got to be the opposite. The closest you get to Jesus, the more you should be like Jesus. And he's example. So how did Jesus wash your feet? Let's think about question. I'm, I'm going to ask questions, challenge questions. When you guys leave this week, I don't want you guys to leave like, oh, okay, that's a, that was a cool sermon. I didn't even know what he said. But I want you guys to think like, how did Jesus wash my feet? How did he do wash my feet? What type of people do you, that God wants you to serve that you don't think they deserve to be served? Who is it in, in your closest fear or father's fear or, or outside of your sphere that you said, man, I should bless this individual and just like minister to them? You know, oftentimes I had a conversation with Aaron and it was like, hey, man, I want to reach out to my neighbors. But do I really want to reach him out? Because if you buy a house, you plan to be for 30 years. So the question is, do I want to deal with these dudes for 30 years? Do I want to hang out with them for 30 years? Do I want them to see me how I am in 30 years? Do I really want to reflect my life? And then when I hear when I'm screaming at my kids, get down here all the time. I know some of my, I've mentioned it before, I know some of my uh, neighbors, man, I don't think I'm a pastor. They're like, man, you tripping. You're like a killer zone. You know, point two, second point I want to make here. 
verse 6, it says, what I'm, what I'm doing, you do not understand, but you will know after this. You know, second point is, we need to trust God in the process as we begin to serve. We need to trust him. We need to trust God's process. We need to trust him. You know, oftentimes guys do something, maybe guys doing something in your life right now that you don't understand what was, what's happening, what's going on, but God wants you to trust him. And oftentimes when we take our step of faith to serve, to come to church, to be committed to church, and you go like, man, really, Lord? Like, man, I got a lot of things going on, especially in Austin. There's so many things going on that I really want to give my Sunday to come and see what's going on at church. But, but the process, you got to trust the Lord. To see what he's going to do in your life. See, Jesus telling Peter here, like, Jesus, Jesus was telling Peter here, if you don't let me do this, right? Because Peter said, don't do this to me, Lord. He says, Jesus, Jesus said, man, if you don't let me do this, right? If you don't allow yourself to learn this lesson, how are you going to grow? Jesus is telling Peter, man, you need to allow, to, you need to allow me to do this so you can learn the lesson. Otherwise, you don't have part of me. It wasn't about washing the feet. It was a lesson about serving others. Jesus said, man, the life that I'm calling you to, to live, it requires for you to be a servant. That's what he was telling, he was telling Peter. That's what he was telling us. It's not about washing feet. It's about what I'm doing through you. Because the life that I'm calling you to live, it requires for you to be a servant. See, we love to be called, we love to be called servants sometimes. But sure, we don't like to be treated like ones. Think about it, right? The Savior of the world came down to wash somebody's funky feet. That's crazy. He loved them so much that he did that. Mm, he did that for us. How did Jesus wash my feet? Challenge question. What is it what is the one thing or the obstacle that's, that is stopping you for serving God, for following Jesus, for being committed? What is the one thing that's saying, man, Lord, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. What is stopping you from doing it? Because God call, is calling us to do a, a greater works. The Bible says you're going to do greater things that I've done. Think about that verse. Jesus did some awesome things. He said, all y'all who, who love me, you can do greater things than that. I'm like, man, I was thinking about that. I was like, what does that even mean? Like, can I move a mountain? I dope. Start moving things around. I'll move like expensive areas into cheap areas. You know, so I can buy a house. <laughs> See, that's why the Lord's not going to give me that gift. Because I'm acting like a fool. Point three I want to make here. And verse 9 says, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands, my hands and my, and my, my hands and my head, hands and my head. Third point I want to make here, as we learn what a loving servant looks like. Just like Peter, man, we should desire to be washed from head to toe. Do you realize that God wants us to be filled with his presence and wants us to experience all he has for us? Peter said, some people said that he was like ADD brother. He's like, no, no, watch me from head to toe. No, what Peter's saying here is, man, I want all of you, Jesus. I want all of it. I just want, 
if this is what you want to do in my life, Lord, you want to use me supernaturally, man, don't do my feet, man, start from head to toe. Start from head to toe. He, he, want, he begs to be washed by Christ because he wants to experience the fullness of God. Man, that's dope. That's awesome. He says, Lord, I want to experience everything you got for me that I may glorify your name. And oftentimes, guys, when we serve, when we step out of, out of comfort zone to just follow God, to serve God, he's going to bless you so much more. Before I came here, I was out, I was, um, oftentimes when you do ministry, right, you are more blessed than you try, when you bless somebody, than those who are being blessed. Before I came out here, I was saying, I took, this church sent me out to Mexico. And there was two, two awesome miracles happened when I was there. I mean, I got to see God move, and I was able to come back to the States. That was a, that was a blessing. And when I was in there, it was, it was so good. Because they sent us, so it was in Merida, Yucatan. So was, they sent us to these uh, uh, towns. And these towns, I mean, it was, I mean, it was hot when I was there. It was like Texas, muddy it was nasty. As a matter of fact, I threw a shirt. I threw a shirt away. It was so drenched, right? And the guy goes, "Okay, we're gonna go to these towns, and they're about two hours away, like in a bus." And I was like, "You, can't, you gotta be kidding me, man! I don't really like driving that far." So no, you gotta drive. You're going with a ton of people, which it makes it worse for me because I'm like class of four, because I'm a big dude, right? So we go there for two and a half hours, and we get in there, and we get into this town, and we get we go to these churches, and they just really. They're not really a church. It's just like, not even a barn. It's just like four walls. People are, are excited. So the, who sent us, it was OCC. So from, some of you guys are familiar with this, Operation Christmas Child. So what they do is, they, here in the States, you collect boxes, shoe boxes. You fill them with toys. You fill them with goodies. And you give it to them for Christmas. Obviously, they can't do everything before Christmas. So this was after Christmas. And we got the to deliver those boxes. Right? And it was awesome. We got there, it was hot, it was uncomfortable, it was really muddy, disgusting. But when we got there, these kids, they were so happy to see us, for one. They were just happy to see us. And we brought all these boxes. And we went for five days to two different churches, right? And we, particularly the time we went to this church, we came in, they were so happy. And I'm, I'm giving out the boxes to these kids. And I have a video for this. And I'm giving these boxes to these kids. And this place is bad. And I get to this little girl. I remember, for some reason, the Lord was like, man, look at her. And I was watching her because she reminded me of my daughter, five-year-old Ellie. And she's opening this box. And she's so happy. She's so happy she got a, 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 a soap. A soap. She got the soap. She was smelling it. I was like, what? A soap? So I'm talking to one of our translators who said, hey, man, why is she so happy about soap, bro? Just a soap. He said, man, this area, this town area, they're so broke. That if they have a money to buy food or some to shower with, they'd rather buy food. I was like, man, that's crazy. My kids be tripping because they don't have like, you know, those cool, fancy uh, soaps. And she's got like a dough soap or whatever a dough soap is. But I was thinking, man, I'm going to bless them. But man, I got blessed. I stepped out of faith and did this. That was awesome. That was awesome. We got to do that sometime. 
to serve and step in our faith, when God calls us to do something and we step out of faith, God's going to bless it a hundred times fold. I guarantee you. I guarantee you. If you committed to the Lord to come into this church every Sunday, if you committed here to serve, if you commit to read your Bible, if you committed to pray, God's going to bless you guys. I guarantee you. I'm not a, bet, I'm not a betting guy, but I bet you that God will bless you. Did I get it, amen? Four point here. Then, verse 14, then you, the Lord and teacher, Jesus speaking, I have washed your feet, you also to do to one another. For I've given you an example that you have done, you should do it too. Four point is that we, as Christians, as leaders, we should lead by example. You know, Servant leader, I like, the, you know, Jesus is, is he is the, the definition of a servant leader, right? Servant leader is, servant leader leads somebody, leads by serving others. In other words, servant leaders place the interests and needs of other, or their followers ahead of his own interests and self and needs. That's what Jesus is. And Jesus is calling us to be, to do that. Imagine how effective it would be if we, as Christians, we act like Christians. You know, sometimes we Christians have bad reputation being Christians. I'm not going to lie. I've dealt with Christians that I'm like, oh, man, you're a businessman, you're a Christian? Nah, man, I'm cool. Because I have bad experiences. It's not for all Christians, not for all business Christians are Christian, but I've had experience. And it makes me go, man... If we will act like Jesus wants to act, how more effective will we be? You know, my desire and Pastor Stephen's desire is to have revival happen in this city. It has to begin with us. It has to begin with us loving each other. Jesus plainly saying here, powerfully saying here that this attitude must mark his followers in the leadership of the church, right? This is how we're supposed to be. Jesus said, this is how you're supposed to be. You're never too good to serve others, and you're never too good to be served. And you know, I'm sorry. You're never good to serve others, and no one is good enough to serve. No, one's, no one is not good enough to be served. Do I make sense? Like you can you serve everybody. Like that individual you look at, you're like, nah, I don't know if he, he should or he shouldn't. You should still serve him. God said, Matthew twenty twenty eight says, this, uh, Matthew speaking says, this, just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and he gave you life as ransom for many. Jesus said, man, I ain't came down to be served. I'm here to serve. I'm here to do what God called me to do. No, all of us, we have opportunities to minister to someone somewhere. God has given us opportunities to exercise a gift that we might bless other people to serve some other other individuals. So the enemy is going to tell you that, man, this is what the enemy is going to tell you, that you're too busy. That you're too busy. Too busy, too busy to, to, to do what Jesus did? Think about it. We're too busy, right? I understand it's got to be a balance. I have five kids, so I got to understand that, right? But the enemy's number one weapon, I believe, there's many, but one is to keep us busy. If he can make you believe that you, as long as you, you got saved, you're all good to go, then he wins. Yeah, no doubt you save, 
you you now you in you you in the kingdom of heaven. You know, I believe you're not gonna lose your salvation. But if you can keep your way from doing what God called you to do, he wins. You know, oh I forgot to mention, you know, Super Bowl party at my house. So all you guys who wanna come, come to my party, to my house. Uh, February fourth. We'll have to have an awesome time. And I'm I'm reminded of how last year if you guys watched the Super Bowl and then followed the Super Bowl, last year was one of the best Super Bowls probably ever. You know? Brady, do you like him or not? He's kind of dope. He got skills. You know? And last year was so good because if you guys follow football, this is what happened. And I'm going to recap real quick. They were losing. They were horrible. They were losing 28-3. Halftime. Meaning halfway through the game. If you know football, that's pretty much, man, stick a fork in it, you're done. Chill, see you later, right? So everybody was like, oh, cool. Even the Falcons were like celebrating already. Like, yeah, man, you know, I'm about to give me a new car. And whatever they were doing. They were celebrating. So Brady had two options too. He goes, he can be, he look at his team and say, yeah, man, we done. Let's, we did a good, we had a good season. Let's think about next year. What we're going to do, right? Matter of fact, coach, I don't want to get hurt for next year. You know, get me off the field. Get, you know, Garoppolo play and cool. Right? But what he did was not that. He says, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to go in there and win the game. If Brady was off the field and he was sitting down on the sidelines watching the rest of the game, they would not win that game. And the same thing goes for us, man, as Jesus. Right? As us Christians, we're not on the field being affected what God calls us to do and we're just in the silence just checking out things like, man, that's a nice run. That's cool. But you just chill in the silence. The enemy wants you to be in the silence, not being effective, so he can waste your talent and not, not, not impact the kingdom of God. So we need to get in the game. So question that I want to follow up is like, how can you get in the game? There's so many ways you can serve. And I'm not talking just here at church. I'm talking about your life, your ministry, your family. You know, my wife has a lot of kids. She I like it. And oftentimes, she's like, hey, you know, I think I should be doing more. And I'm like, yeah, you should. I'm joking. But, no, but realize that her gift, her ministry, the way she served is her family. She says, my job is to minister to the minister. And I say, amen to that sister. You know, she takes care of big daddy over here. And she takes care of the kids. So that's the way she serves. That's the way her ministry is. Because there's so many, like I was having this conversation, there's so many mothers out there, homeschool moms, that they feel like they're not, they're not being impacted, and they're not impacting uh, the kingdom. But our job is to raise our children to be God-fearing kids, to serve God, and to be effective when they go out there. So her ministry is to discipleship her kids. So there's so many ways we can get involved, and we can disciple, and we can help people out, and we can encourage people just to go out there to be Christians. Because what I want to do, guys, is this. I don't want to be... Coming on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I forgot the days. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and all of a sudden, man, oh, Thursday's coming up. I'm going to put my, my Christian cap on, right? Oh, man, Sunday's coming up, Christian cap on. Now, we're going to be effective. We want to be effective Christians. We want to be in prayer. We want to be just full of grace, full of love, because that's what we want to reflect. That's what we want to reflect. Jesus ends with, if you know these things, Happy are you who do them, right? In other words, 
being a servant pleases God because it fulfills your calling. You know, James 2 talks about if a brother or sister is naked or destitute and daily of food, and, no one, and none of you says, hey, for them, depart them and be, be peace and be warm with filled, but you don't give them anything, was it, was it a prophet, right? In other words, if you see somebody in need to pray for, to encourage, to come alongside, to be with them, but if you just see them and say, hey, man, I'm going to pray for you, hopefully you'll be all right, and you do nothing about it, then what's up? How does it make us different from the world? Our job is to be, the, the, the Bible says that we are to be holy, right? The word holy is not to be perfect, it's to be set apart. So how can we be set apart as Christians if we're not acting like Christians? Jesus said right here, man, when you do this, do unto one another, wash each other's feet, love one another, serve one another. And I'm not here to like make you feel bad or convict you or be like, look at you like coming down on you. My job is to encourage you and to challenge you that you might grow in your walk and your faith, right? Because when we begin to do this, we, be, we begin to exercise faith, we will grow. And I'll finish with this. The devil doesn't care if you go to church, if you read your Bible, as long as you don't apply it to your life. He don't care if you know all the scriptures. He knows the scriptures, as long as you don't apply it to your life. So I'll finish with this. Jesus demonstrated being a, lo- a loving servant. Jesus did this for his disciples because he washed their feet because he loved them. You understand, we serve a God who loves us. If you don't know Jesus, if you don't know Jesus, think about if you if you don't know If you don't know Jesus, if you never give your life to Christ, won't you want to serve a God who came down from heaven to get and, and to wash your feet because he loved you so much. He died on a cross because he loved you that much. He did it because he loved us so much. He says, this is not an act of obligation to serve one another. It's an act of love. So when we ask, hey, man, you want to serve? You want to outreach? You want to be in community? We're not asking you to do this just because, oh, it's cool, we check the boxes, we want to encourage you, we want you to grow, and we want you to know. If you want to see someone's, if you want to see a change in someone's life that you've been praying about, if you want to see a change in your life, serve them. Serve them. Jesus says, blessed, blessed are those who do this. He's left it at that. He dropped the mic after that. That was that. He was like, hey, I'll wash your feet. Bless those who do this. Drop the mic. Because he knows that once you do that, man, your faith is going to be tested. You're going to grow. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this day. But we thank you that as we read the scriptures, Father, God, show us that you are loving God who came down from heaven to wash our funky feet. Because you love us so much, you demonstrate your love, you die on the cross for our sins, and you're showing us here, Father God, it's not, it's not something that we have to do by obligation or by just feeling bad. It's because you love the world so much, you want us to be a reflection of that. And by that, oftentimes, it's serving, stepping out of our comfort zone. It can be uncomfortable, but yet, you know, the Bible tells us that blessed are those who do this because you will bless us. And we don't do this because we want to be blessed. We want to do it because we'll be obedient to your work. And we want to be more like you. We love you, Lord. We ask that you help us and you guide us. In your name we praise you. Amen.